Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Toe Meets Leather podcast. I'm Logan, and since trying these new hemp gummies, my life has never been better. <laughs> All the colors, man. So here with me today is a guy who's looking very purple whenever he speaks. Artem. How you doing today, Artem? <laughs> doing good. How are you? Dude, my, my nipples have never been more erect. I'm probably going to have to censor that. Anyway. You should go rub yourself against the wall or something. Uh, I like that uh, commercial where the guy is rubbing himself on the carpet wall. Rub against the... It's like a carpet shower. Rub against the furry wall. Andrew knows about that. How you doing today, Andrew? I'm good, man. I didn't realize you had decided to get into a new drug of choice. <laughs> hey, man. 420 was last weekend. You got to enjoy the hemp gummies. So... Aside from being a new illicit drug podcast, we're also a college football podcast, and we decided to be do the boring thing and do what everybody else is doing, do our picks for the mock draft. So here, here we are going ahead with the mock draft. It's kind of randomly selected, but we're going to go ahead and let Andrew start out with his favorite team, the Arizona Cardinals. So Andrew, with the first pick... In the 2019 NFL Draft, you and your Cardinals are on the board. Who do you select? Oh, you know, it's it's been interesting. And I'm actually going to buck the trend of everything that I'm seeing across multiple mock drafts because – like any good sports broadcaster, I think that I know more than the guys that coach for a living. And with my first pick, I'm going to take Quinnen Williams, defensive lineman, University of Alabama. And, you know, I don't have any problem with you taking Quinnen because, frankly, I mean, we need more Alabama players drafted first in the NFL draft. But you, you did point out it's a little different from what all the people on the media are saying with uh, Kyler Murray being the top pick. So what what makes you choose Quinnen even over players like Nick Bosa or Josh Allen? Uh, I think Williams' scheme versatility and his ability to play both the outside and the inside of the defensive line is very valuable and very useful. And the Cardinals already have Chandler Jones, who's a fantastic pass rushing option. And as great as it is to have a guy on either side, if I had taken Bosa, I think Jones is good enough to kind of handle a lot of that. And again, I, I think Williams is going to be able to move around a lot and do a lot of things. It's not the sexy pick. His name may not stuff the stat sheet, but I think he's the guy that's going to be able to have the most impact immediately on a Cardinals defense that is somewhat retooling in some positions. As well as I'm not sold on Murray as a better pick than Josh Rosen, especially after a season. As well as the Cardinals traded up last year to get Josh Rosen. And I don't think you're ever going to be able to get what you had to give up to get him if you're trying to trade him today. Unless you can find a way to hoodwink the the Raiders out of all three of their picks. You know, if they could, that would be amazing. Sadly, we are not allowed to trade in this draft. Otherwise, as the Raiders picker, I would consider that. But anyway, because the Raiders are dumb. Anyway, um... I know, Artem, you've kind of got some thoughts about the whole Kyler Murray situation. Do you want to give us a quick weigh-in before we move on? I mean, I see the interesting hype around potentially picking him number one, but 
he's he's not the quintessential successful quarterback what people look at a successful quarterback he's the russell wilson and russell wilson and uh what's that guy down in uh playing for the saints drew Brees. those guys are few and far between and there's a lot more guys like them that don't make it so if, if i'm smart and it's my my uh, first year as a head coach in the nfl i don't put all my money on the uh, kind of the guessing option that the guy I'm going to pick is going to be one of those two guys who are going to be Hall of Famers potentially. I pick somebody that's a little bit of a safer option. I stick with the quarterback I already had who learned three different offensive systems in college and already has a year of experience under his belt. All right. Yeah, makes sense. I just don't think that quarterbacks are very deep this draft, and I'm not really blown away by what Kyler Murray does. I do think that if they do choose him, it's a scheme decision, but – I'm not totally sold on believing that they're going to get rid of Josh Rosen just to put in Kyler Murray because he works, he fills in Kingsbury's scheme a little better. Anyway, moving on. With the second pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, I am picking for the 49ers. And for me, this is pretty easy because it's the guy that's on top of everybody's big board. Uh, Nick Bosa is pretty much the universal uh, number one big board player. And I think a lot of people are assuming that um, if the Cardinals do make a pick like Quinnen Williams or pick uh, and leave Nick Bosa open, I think everybody's kind of assuming the 49ers will take him, snatch him up almost immediately. Uh, I mean, the 49ers have a lot of needs, but defensive end or edge rush is definitely one of them. He fits that, fits that need pretty well, and he just doesn't have a lot of downsides that are obvious anyway. Uh, frankly, I would pick – I would be tempted to pick Ed Oliver, but he's hasn't really done as much of an edge rush role. He's more of a defensive tackle at his position. I think he can do that, but he just doesn't – He I just don't think he's as good of a target, and I guess I like listening to the professionals – a little more than Andrew does. So there you go. All right. Next up, Artem, you're on the clock with the third pick. Taking it for the Jets. This isn't a really sexy pick for the Jets for me. I think, and everybody's got this in the mock draft, as one of the most traded picks because it's such a valuable spot. So I think the Jets entertain a bunch of offers here, and if they don't get what they're looking for an offer, I think they go with an offensive tackle. And I have Andre Dillard from Washington State or Jawan Taylor from Florida on either one of those. And the reason for that is because they just picked a gunslinger up a quarterback uh, from USC, um, Sam Darnold. So I think they need a little bit more protection for him. They want to set up a good base. They got the experience everywhere else. And I think uh, the reason I picked Andre Dillard before Jawan Taylor is because Andre Dillard comes from Washington State, so they threw the ball quite a bit more uh, than Florida did. Florida had some uh, run-pass concepts and a little bit more running than throwing. So that's why I have Andre Dillard a little bit ahead of him. But they're essentially one and two as far as off- offensive tackles go. So if it doesn't get traded, I would pick one of those two. Okay, so who are you actually – so you're, you're officially picking Andre Dillard then? Yep. All right. All right. Next up, uh, I'm on the I'm on the clock with the Raiders pick, and as we alluded to earlier, I am really big on Ed Oliver, and I think 
I, I know this is not typically the edge rush that we're looking for, but I do think he can fill that position. I think he can be a very intimidating and scary player without a lot of downsides, a player who by all means was ready to go to the pros basically out of high school. And uh, I think I think he does a good job of uh, replacing Mac that uh, the the Raiders got rid of uh, to the Bra- to the Bears rather. So I do think I mean maybe I'm a little too high on uh, Ed Oliver, but that's where I'm going to stick my pick. Uh, stay with Ed Oliver. Y'all want to try and talk me out of it, or is that pretty much? Are y'all good with it? If not, Andrew, you go ahead. You're on the clock for the Bucks. Don't let Tommy That's a down. Reach at number four, buddy. Ed Oliver's got attitude problems. I would never use a top five pick on him. Let hey. him slide. Pick somebody with less attitude that works a little bit harder. Haters gonna hate. Hey, like we just saw the Chiefs go out. And if you want attitude problems on the Raiders, hey, that matches up pretty well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All righty. Andrew, you're on the clock. I think we've got a vague idea of who you're picking. With the fifth pick, the Buccaneers take Josh Allen, linebacker, from Kentucky. Sorry, okay. I, was, I thought we were on ESPN for a second there. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Andrew. Sorry. I think it's – I think he – a, I think he's a fantastic player, and for him to fall to fifth, you know, you're talking fall. I think he fits some needs for the Bucks at linebacker and on defense. Uh, the only other thing is if they hadn't given Jameis Winston such confidence, I think you would see a quarterback off the board here, but they've kind of gone all in on Winston, so I think they're going to go defense. And I think it's, it's Josh Allen – in this draft because they think he's the best available defensive player. I mean, he's certainly the best one left on the board. Again, if I wasn't overhyping Ed Oliver, I do think Josh Allen would have gotten picked at the four spot. But that's just me. All right. Next up, I am on the clock, and I'm picking at number six for the Giants. So the Giants are dumb. I hate the Giants. But they do, I guess they need to pick a quarterback for the future. That's what they're talking about. Their owner's doing the double-take thing like what he did with OBJ where he's like, no, 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 we're not singling in a quarterback. But we no, 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 we totally need a quarterback. Uh, Giants suck. New York sucks. They're going to pick Dwayne Haskins because, honestly, he's a better prospect than Kyler Murray at quarterback in a kind of a – less than stellar quarterback field. I think he's got the most intangibles. He's the hardest to pin down. And I do think he's going to be better at running a, what is projected to be a run first system at the Giants, uh, given that they're basically going to be handing off the ball to uh, Shaquan Barkley uh, on a regular basis. But I do think Haskins is someone that you can groom into being a much better quarterback in the long run and who isn't necessarily forced into a specific scheme uh, as it stands. So I will say he's got a good future ahead of him. It just upsets me that the Giants are going to probably end up making an obvious pick. Anyway, that's what I got. Andrew, you're on the clock with 
the seventh pick to the Jags. So this is a place, again, if it wasn't for the offseason that you would look at quarterback, but because Jacksonville got Nick Foles, I don't think they're obviously going to draft a quarterback. And they're looking to kind of rebuild a little bit of that great defense that they had two years ago that really kind of carried them to a successful season. And I think Montez Sweat, the defensive lineman from Mississippi State, is a great fit for that. He's he's a big guy. He's quick. You know, he ran a 4'4 at 6'5", 260. So, I mean, he's a big guy, athletic. He's got some flexibility. He's a guy who's really going to be a great pass rusher when he first gets into the league and who then's going to be able to develop the rest of the skill moves to really be a rock on the defensive line for the Jaguars. And you might see a return of Saxonville. <laughs> Dare to dream. I don't know. They got a long way to go to, before they get back there. But uh, with that in mind, Andrew, you're now picking for <laughs> Nigel's team. Give us the pick for the Lions. Oh, I, I have a feeling no matter who I pick, Nigel is going to be angry and it's going to hate me. So the Lions need defensive help, but it seems, at least on our board, most of the, the top, top defensive players have gone off the board already. And this is a bit of a weak defensive backdraft at the front. So there's really not much you can find there. So I think the Lions will pick TJ Hawkinson from Iowa, the tight end, who's one of the better tight ends to come into the league in the past couple of years, is a great receiver, is, is a really good anchor in the run game, easily the best inline tight end you're going to see in the draft. I think he just gives Matt Stafford another weapon that he can use. This would also be a place where I feel the Lions would trade down. I think it's one of it that, that has a good chance to be traded. But because we aren't trading, I'm going to take Hawkinson. Fair enough. Okay. That Honestly, I, I, he's going a little early in my book, but not unreasonably so because he is clearly the best tight end on the board, and that's a very shallow position uh, unless you live in Iowa. Anyway, next up, on, I'm on the clock for the Bills, and – Kind of for the same reason that Andrew pointed out earlier, the really amazing top talent on defense kind of dropped off after the first couple of picks. So at this point, if I'm the Bills and I'm not looking at a really top offensive prospect or defensive prospect, I'm looking at somebody who can block for my quarterback and maybe give them some more protection, which is something that is in short supply right now in Buffalo. So I'm going to pick a three-year starter from Florida in Jawan Taylor. Uh, he's just a big guy, uh, really strong. And I think other than the fact that he's got some technique issues, overall he doesn't have a ton of weaknesses. I think he's one of the, if not the top, offensive tackle in the draft. And I think he would be a very good fit for the Bills. Next up, Artem, you're on the clock for the Broncos. Broncos have had a, a problem at quarterback last couple years. 
Um, I think they've solved that by picking up Joe Flacco in the offseason, but he's old. So his, his two backup guys are Garrett Grayson, who barely has any NFL experience, and Kevin Hogan, who started a couple games for the Browns. So they're going to be looking to, to draft a, a good quarterback, in my opinion. I have Daniel Jones and Ryan Finley as the top two guys. They're they're both that guys that are a little bit taller. They played uh, in a semi-pro style system. Um, Ryan Finley has a little bit more experience, but Daniel Jones had a little bit more of the intangibles. Uh, I think Daniel Jones would be a perfect fit in their system, and he um, he'd fix the problem. I forget what the quarterback's name was. They drafted a couple years ago out of uh, Memphis, the six eight six nine whatever dude. Uh, that they messed up. So I think Daniel Jones would be that tall guy that they wish they drafted at that point. Out of Duke. Wow. I don't think Daniel Jones is very good. I think Daniel Jones, I mean, maybe it's just weird to me, but again, with a kind of a shallow draft class uh, at quarterback, I'm a little shocked that uh, the Broncos would reach so soon for a quarterback. But I mean... Unlike Andrew, I do think Daniel Jones is, at least has some talent that could be developed behind another good quarterback. I just don't think the Broncos really have one. Well, I think I think you hit it key. It's it's not a very strong or deep quarterback draft this year, but because it's such a high impact, high visibility position, teams are going to reach a lot more trying to find it. So I mean, realistically, this could be a viable pick that. Uh, that, that Artem just made. So, I mean, that could actually happen. Yeah, and a lot of the drafts I saw were picking Drew Locke in that spot. I just – I like Drew Locke. I just don't like him at the Bengals. I don't think they have enough weapons at wide receiver yet. All right, fair enough. Andrew, you're up next. So I think the Bengals would be extremely happy if this pick happens, and that's Jonah Williams, the deep, the offensive tackle from Alabama. He was one of the highest-rated tackles coming out. He, you know, played for that Alabama offense that they really kind of reinvented themselves these past couple of years. He started just about every game since he was a freshman, and I think he's he's a great fit for what the Bengals want to do. They've got some offensive line questions they need solved, and I think Williams is the perfect guy to step in there and take that position. Fair enough. So... Now I'm looking at the draft class. I'm actually torn. So I know what I typed in, but I think I'm actually going to change my pick. So I've got the next pick for the Packers. And I was leaning toward DK Metcalf. I think either way the Packers are going to target somebody who can be a weapon for uh, – no, crap, what's his name? Oh, no, the big-time quarterback. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, just got to check. Um, but regardless, uh, with, I don't think, uh, they're probably going to expect Hawkinson to go off the board so soon. So that leaves them in a kind of a tough spot where they either go out and try and reach for a wide receiver or they take Noah Fant. And I think since they really kind of need a tight end, I think they're going to go for Noah Fant. The other option would be to pick a offensive tackle, but at this particular location in the draft, I don't think there's anybody that just blows me away for picking this soon. So it's kind of a tough call. You're going to be on a reach if uh, Hawkinson goes that early either way. But I'm going to take Noah Fant. I think it's what they need, and it is a weapon for Rodgers. 
so they pick with the with that pick. They're going to go with uh, Noah Fant. All right, next up, Andrew picking for the Dolphins. So if I've learned anything from our friendly neighborhood Dolphin fans in Grant and Ryan, it's that the Dolphins don't do anything smart. Oh God. They do whatever they want. So with the 13th pick, the Miami Dolphins are going to take Kyler Murray, quarterback, Oklahoma. Obviously, quarterback is a huge, huge need for the Dolphins. I don't think Tannehill's the answer at all. (laughs) So I'm going to pause you. Tannehill's gone. But I think actually that's the perfect pick for them. Um in the sense of it doesn't risk them a lot because their offensive line is all good and they have Ryan Fitzpatrick now. Who's not the answer? Fitzmagic. Well, still not the answer. (laughs) Well, right, he's not the answer, but he could, Murray could sit behind Fitzpatrick and a good O-line and start halfway through the season. Yeah. It's not unreasonable. I mean, quite honestly. Uh, I mean, there are... I, I totally agree with Andrew's actual logic, which is just that the Dolphins going to do what the Dolphins want. But, I mean, realistically, it's it's not the weirdest pick out there to pick Murray if he drops that far. I, yeah, think, I, don't, I, don't, think drops that, I don't think he drops that far. If I think if Arizona passes on him, you see a ton of teams, the Redskins, um, well, we we Giants. we passed the Broncos and the Bengals, who are already looking at quarterbacks. You know, it, it's kind of like hmm. you, you've got all kinds of teams out there. Giants, obviously, yeah. uh, Redskins. People in the Panthers are talking about it now. This is weird. I, yeah, I saw that. It's kind of strange. But anyway, yeah, lots of people that could trade up and get the quarterback. Anyway. Uh, before we go into crazy on that, uh, let's get back to it. Artem, you, you're up with the pick for the Falcons. I don't know why we gave you the Falcons, honestly. You were the farthest away from Atlanta. But uh, you have the pick. Who you got? So some of these picks I'm going to make, and they're going to be a little different than what I had planned, but this one's actually perfect. So just like Andrew said before, if I'm the Falcons, I am pumped at this point because I got pretty much everybody I can get. However, I know my cornerbacks suck, so I pick up Greedy Williams from LSU. They were bad. They got burned uh, in the passing game all season last season, so I think that's the first guy they pick, even with a guy like Christian Wilkins still on the board. I love the guy's name, to be frank. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of upset that we didn't have him as the uh, Fish Smithson Award. Because Greedy Williams is a great name. But he's a good coverage cornerback, too. He's definitely he's tired. According to pretty much every top pick, uh, board I've seen, he is, like, one of the top corners. So, yeah, I can't disagree there. All right. You've also got the next pick for the Washington uh, Native Americans. Who do you got in that one? So on this one, I'm going to go with Devin White because he's still on the board and they need linebackers. I know that was my third pick, but Jonah Williams is off the board at this point, who would have been my first one. 
and Eric McCoy was my backup pick, but at this point I'm looking at it, and offensive line's not being taken quickly yet, so I go with a linebacker like Devin White. Okay. You just feel like that's a bigger need for the Redskins? Yeah, like I said, some of these picks are gonna, I'm going to adjust now based on what you guys picked before. So if somebody's hot, like tight ends are hot, I'm going to try to pick a tight end for the Vikings in a couple picks, even though it's a reach. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, you don't get major success if you don't take risks. All right, Andrew, you're next up with the 16th pick for the Panthers. Don't let Elizabeth down. <laughs> I'm probably going to do that no matter who I pick. I think the Panthers' biggest needs on the offensive line, but the top offensive linemen have already gone off the board. You know, we're down Juwan Taylor, down Andre Dillard, we're down Jonah Williams. So I think what Carolina will do is something that they always seem to do, and I think they're going to take Cleelon Furl from Clemson, the defensive end. Again, he's he's got a lot of scheme versatility, and... He does fill a need they have for lack of a pass rushing option. This would, I think, this would be another spot if you don't see a lot on the board that you might get a trade down. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm looking at my next pick, which is the Giants at 17, and I'm thinking this would be a perfect pick for them to either trade up or trade down one way or the other. But uh, given what's on the board, as it is, again, we're not doing trades. Uh, a lot of offensive tackles got taken. The We already got a quarterback. You'd like to protect him, but since there's not really a ton, a lot of the good offensive tackles have already gotten taken, uh, the O-lineman, I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, Brian Burns because I think it's a shock that he's fallen this far. He's probably one of the fastest uh, pass rushers in the draft, uh, if not flat out the fastest. He's a little small, um, but I think he can very well develop into a great uh, player, and I think he he's another one of those where it's kind of shocking that uh, people have passed up on him up until this point. But at the same time, that's just how good the defensive class is in this draft. This is just so good. Uh, all right. Next up, Artem. So I, you're going to have to explain this to me. You wanted the Vikings at 18. Why did you want the Vikings? Oh, I followed the Vikings. I threw away the Cowboys a couple years ago when they picked up uh, what's-his-face from Ohio State, a little crybaby running back, when they didn't need another running back. So uh, that, was, that was the end for me right there. Well, you're on the you're on the clock with the Vikings pick. So I'm on the clock, just like before, you know uh, – I think the Vikings still need a lot of help with the offensive line. But at this point, I'm not worried about offensive line because they're not going off the board as quickly as they can. And I see a guy like Christian Wilkins still up there. So I go with Christian Wilkins, the guy who graduated in two and a half years with, I believe it's a master's degree or something crazy, and like a really high grades, uh, team captain, all this other stuff. Uh, defensive uh, tackle is inside defensive line is one of the major problems they have. And with a couple of the offensive line uh, offseason trades that they've made, um, I think they, they pick up a guy like Christian Wilkins at this point if he's still available. All right. I mean, we're kind of getting into that territory where this is either you feel like you skipped on a few guys that were probably way too talented. So – Andrew, you've got the Titans next in the city that you're moving to. 
Uh, tell me, are you going to pick somebody that's been overlooked or are you going to pick the uh, – I think a lot of people are expecting the Titans to pick the obvious wide receiver at this point. Who who you got? I think what the Titans could do here, given what's already off the board and given what's there, I they take Cody Ford, the guard. They're pretty set at tackle – and, you know, they need to, to kind of add some protection to, to help out Mariota. And I think Ford is, is a great pick. He's the best guard on the board and would help to solidify the interior of that offensive line. All right. Fair enough. Next up, I've got the Steelers at 20. And this is a tough one for me because uh, the Steelers, they're – for all the quote-unquote needs that they have, they're not totally lacking in any particular area. They they did pretty well last year. They just uh, – I think the big thing that killed them was locker room issues. Uh, so I'm kind of torn right now uh, between – I wasn't expecting DK Metcalf to fall this far. And Devin Bush, who is just a very talented linebacker. I think I'm going to take a reach and go for DK Metcalf, who is a freak wide receiver out of uh, Ole Miss. I mean, for those of you who don't know him, he is just like speed-wise, height-wise, physicality-wise, he is a monster. Now, if that will translate into pros, it's hard to say he hasn't, Without being too rude, he hasn't shown a ton of intelligence on the field. He pretty much runs a go route and you hit him. But he's really good at that. And if he can develop those talents, he can be fantastic. And given the way the Steelers are running their locker room, if he's still on the board, I think they're going to rush towards getting another weapon for Big Ben uh, and possibly taking a shot at Antonio Brown for all the chaos he caused. Uh, Anyway, next up. The Seahawks. Andrew, at 21, who do you got? So this is an interesting pick, especially with their recent trade. I think this is a place that the Seahawks would really like to find some pass rush help. But most of the best edge rushers are already off the board. And I don't really see them taking... A, a defensive tackle. They're pretty solid on the interior. Oh, man. This is a tough one. I think here is where you might see Josh Jacobs, the running back out of Alabama, come off the board. Because they've kind of had a revolving door running back the past years. They just locked up Russell Wilson with all that money, so they're going to try to want to get him some weapons to be able to help him play better and you know not get killed by a bad offensive line yeah i mean typically you do want to protect your quarterback i mean above all all else but uh it would it would be so that's a good balancing act that they could take there with josh jacobs uh especially given that uh russell likes to run next up Andrew Andrew gets another fun pick with the Ravens. I do not envy your pick selection with these past few. I think the Ravens take A.J. Brown. 
they need a wide receiver. Uh, I'm not as high on DK Metcalf as you are. He had horrible agility numbers at the Combine. And I just think from watching the film, A.J. Brown was a better player. And I think it's going to be a great weapon for Jackson. He just sounds too much like A.J. Green. <laughs> I'm not I'm not allowed to do that. All right, next up, Artem with the Texans. Who do you got? Who do you got going? I think uh, the offensive line options that they would have kind of picked here are off the board at this point, just based on how the draft's gone for us. So they need a safety, and I think they pick up Jonathan Abram from Mississippi State to fill that slot. He's the top safety in the draft. Still on the board. Pick him up. Okay. This draft is going a lot faster. I guess I, I guess this brings up the kind of the difficulties that you have with the actual draft is that I'm having a hard time keeping track of all these fucking people. Um, all right. I'm up next again with the Raiders because I'm I'm a sadist, I'm a masochist and I hate myself. Uh, so a lot of people are projecting the Raiders to try and pick a running back in this situation, but with Josh Jacobs gone, um, I'm not really sure the next guy would probably be the kid out of Memphis, and I'm not sure that they want to take a risk that far down the line. So I would go with the cornerback Brian Murphy out of Washington. I mean... He's not very big, and that's the big problem with him. But I think talent-wise, he's kind of, he's kind of up there as far as one of the better uh, zone corners. So I think he would go fit well into that system. And uh, not really, not really sure what else to say about that. I think I think it's just a need that they need to fill, and that would be an immediate fill for that situation. All right, Artem, Eagles, take your time. I need to look at the next picks, dang it. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get plenty of time. So on this one, I think the Eagles are kind of picking between their, you know, 1B guy. The 1A guys are gone at this point. Jonathan Abrams off the board. Chauncey Garner-Johnson's still there as the, the safety potential pick because they do need a safety. But honestly, their run game a little struggled a little bit last season. So here's where I look at a guy like Greg Little, who graded well out of high school. He was a five-star offensive tackle, and then you know, first two years he had some some problems on campus where he got caught in recruiting scandals and all this other stuff. But you really never heard about him in college. You, you, you had the commentators bring him up, but it was never like Greg Little let up a. Uh, a sack, you know, and I look at his tape and with a guy like Miles Garrett going against him during his time there, it was a good battle to watch. And that was at the time that Miles Garrett left the NFL as number one overall picks and Greg Little stayed for a little bit longer. So I kind of look at this and I say, you know what, Greg Little's still on the board. He probably won't be on the board much longer because offensive tackles are going fast. So I pick up Greg Little in this case to help my, my offensive line. Okay. Uh, next up with the Colts. Oh, gosh. The Colts are a rough one because they are in a tough spot for me. Um, they've got a lot of needs that they need to fill. 
And I'm kind of torn between either corner or wide receiver because this is where the if you don't pick a wide receiver at this point in the draft, your options are going to start to thin out a bit. And then at corners in kind of the same boat. So you want to take one of the two. Um, I think that they'll take a wide receiver just to give Andrew Luck some more weapons. Uh, but there's not a lot of great options. So I guess I'm going to go with Marquise Brown. He's not nearly – he doesn't have the physicality or the intangibles, rather, of DK Metcalf, and he doesn't have the sheer talent or skill of A.J. Brown. But I think he's a good, I think he's a good wide receiver, and I think he'll be kind of a good uh, target who could develop at the pro level. And this throws me into an issue with the Raiders because – I've already taken a corner, and I've already taken D lineman, and so my next fill would be running back, and there just aren't a lot of great options out there. So let's see. Uh, gosh, there's just not a lot. Can I come back? <laughs> I don't think it works that way. Um... Screw it. I'll take DeAndre Baker. We'll double up at corners. I He's probably the most talented guy at the moment, but uh, I honestly, my brain is fried. I, I, sadly, I'm only one man, and I've had to make three picks for this team. But let's double up on defense. Let's make this defense strong. All right. Next up, Andrew, you got the Chargers. So the Chargers have an needed offensive tackle. All the offensive tackles are really off the board. So I think this is a great place for them to get a big, beefy guy to play in the middle and help out Joey Bosa. And I think this is where they take Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle from Clemson. He's extremely athletic, good hands, good feet. You know, I watched him beat the shit out of us for three years. And I think he's a great pick, and he's going to help elevate that defensive line in Los Angeles. All right, next up, you got the next Seahawks pick, which they got from, which I'm pretty sure they got from the Kansas City. Yeah, this is the trade. So for those um, of those of you who don't know, Kansas City traded their first round pick for Earl Thomas. Is that right? No, it's the defensive lineman Frank something. Frank Thomas. That's it. <laughs> The big hurt. He's back. <laughs> I mean, have you Frank, seen Frank Clark? Frank Clark. Have you seen all those uh, male enhancement commercials featuring Frank Thomas? Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is a, a tough one. I think the Seahawks fill their need at edge rusher by taking Rayshon Gary, who has absolutely fallen in our draft. <laughs> I think it's because we forgot about him. I'm pretty sure because I'm trying to look. Where exactly did he go in the top 20? Yeah, in uh, a lot of people's projected, he went at 16. And now we're all the way at like 29? And he's still... I think our biggest thing is we had defensive linemen fall. I mean, this is a very talented, very deep defensive line class. And so... Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. All right, 
Next up at 30, the Packers. Well, the Packers have an obvious need to fill uh, at O-line because they've given up the 3.3 sacks per game last year, which is ridiculous. And uh, so I think they're going to take Nasir Adderley to help uh, hopefully on the O-line, which is probably another player that I think – oh, no, wait, did I say Nasir Adderley? No, sorry, I meant Dalton Risner. My bad. Uh, what am I doing? Anyway. Risner's a good pick. Yeah, it's a great pick. I'm kind of, again, I'm kind of surprised that he fell even this far because I think he's a really talented guy. But uh, I, I think he'll be a great fit at uh, Green Bay, and hopefully he likes it there. Especially, um, granted, it's a lot colder than it is at Kansas State. Next up. Yeah, this, this is a really deep interior offensive line draft, too. There's a lot of really, you know, lower first round, upper second round level guards that you don't see a lot. The problem is they're just outshined by how amazingly talented the defensive class is, like, yeah. in pretty much every way. Uh, well, yeah, and the, and the key thing is there's a lot of other spots that aren't very deep, so that's probably why our draft looks like this. We pick the one-off guys quickly so they're all still on the board. That's fair. Um, so next up, Artem, you have the 31st pick for the Rams and you cannot take DeAndre Baker because I already took DeAndre Baker. Where? Further down below me? Oh no, you already took him. 27th to the Raiders. Well, then I'm a bad GM at this point and (laughs) you got a double Julian Love instead. (laughs) He's got a whole lot of... He's got a whole lot I gotta of love. Go look up where he was. <laughs> oh gosh, I think he was a uh, cornerback. But uh, main point here is the Rams were really bad last year at cornerback and gave up a lot of points against the Chiefs, the Patriots. So if I'm the the Rams, I'm drafting a cornerback right here. All right, and that leaves me to close out the first round with the 32nd pick for the Pats. And I'm just going to take Jerry Tillery. I don't really have a reason. Honestly, I'm kind of exhausted at this point. And I'm no. just. The rule is the Pats have to take Andy Isabella out of Massachusetts because someone has to replace Wes Welker, someone has to replace their sneaky, fast white slot receiver. Does no one have to replace Gronkowski? <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess all the tight ends are off the board now, aren't they? Yeah, as I said, let's light up Jerry Tillery at tight end. Which he's, he's a still big man. He's Jay big enough for her. And take Sanem, the All-American. Oh, I forgot about Sternberger. I like him a lot, actually, but uh, I sat... He's, he's got some work to do a blocker, but I see him going to Vikings in the third round. Just yeah. because... I see a lot of a and players going to the Vikings at this point because of how similar the system is. And when Fisher was at FSU, Vikings drafted a lot of Fisher's players because they knew the system relatively well. So I think if uh, McCoy, Sternberger, or Trevion Williams are still available second, third round, you can see the Vikings picking them up. But yeah, I think realistically they'll take Jerry Tillery, but in their hearts they'll take who was the guy again, Andrew? Who who do they need to take? Andy Isabella. Yeah, see, I don't, I, I don't, I do not even know who that is. Oh my gosh. 
so yeah, and that will wrap up the first round of the draft. Uh, we could go into the second round, but honestly, I'm looking at the number of na- times my name comes up, and I'm tempted to just call it a day. Uh, but I'll leave it up to you guys. Do you all want to keep going? Might be better just to talk about a couple of players we think are, are good and that we're excited about. Okay, let's do that. So, Artem, uh, you I don't think you actually got the chance to do this, but you wanted to talk about your top ten overall picks, uh, period. So do you want to kind of give us a summary of your top ten players in this draft uh, in general? I, I have a top five. Um, but essentially it's guys that you don't see very often in the draft. And I think that if I'm any team out of the 32 teams and one of these guys is still on the board, even if the position's filled on my team, I pick him up. And then I, I either trade him or I trade the guy that's in a spot in a year or two. And uh, save a little bit of salary cap. Those guys are like Quinn and Williams. You know, a lot of drafts have him going. Uh, even Andrew, I think, pick him number one. Um, I like Josh Sweat. Uh, Josh Allen at linebacker. Let's see. I lost my sheet. Uh, Daniel Jones is an honorable mention, actually. I know. I heard. Uh, oh, it's Aunt Montez Sweat, not Josh Sweat. Yeah, I was wondering if you were talking about Montez. I was like, who the heck is Josh Sweat? I must have missed out on that guy. And then uh, Devin White, the linebacker out of LSU. He's just too instinctual. He's going to be one of the best linebackers in a couple of years. But, yeah, those are the guys. Quentin Williams, Josh Allen, Devin White, Montez Sweat, and uh, Daniel Jones. Andrew, they're, do you- they're, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask if Andrew had a top five, but go ahead and finish your thought. Yeah. I was just going to say, if those guys are on the board at any point in time and I still have a pick available, those are going to be one of my first guys to go. Christian Wilkins, I would say, actually is one of those guys too. I mentioned him. I think I picked him up somewhere a little bit lower than I was expecting to go to the Vikings. Yeah. I think he'll be a top 10 pick. Yeah, I mean, I I guess my thought process is I think all of those guys are amazing, but I think a lot of the people that are on that list are some form of edge rusher you know and that seems to be where this draft is highlighted i don't know if this is something that like has been figured out recently or if it's the way defenses are scheming right now but edge rushers there seems to be just a plentiful amount of them uh but as andrew as you pointed out there's also a lot of good o-linemen uh do you have any that we should maybe keep an eye out for or any players in general that you would kind of say to watch out for in the draft I think Garrett Bradbury, the center guard from NC State's a really good player. He's a three-year starter, you know, really solid on the offensive line, really smart player. And the other one is I think this is a, is a fairly deep wide receiver draft. You know, we joke about Andy Isabel, but, you know, he had great times at the combine, you know, good slot receiver. You know, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside out of Stanford, kind of more of a big body red zone guy. Paris Campbell out of Ohio State, you know, 4-3-1 at the Combine. Um, you know, the biggest enigma to me, you know, Hakeem Butler out of Iowa State, 6'5", 227, ran a 4-4-8 at the Combine. Uh, you know, big body. There's just talent all across the, uh, the wide receiver. It's a deep draft. I think there'll be a lot of guys that can be successful. Nikhil Henry, Kelvin Harmon, you know, Greg Dortch out of Wake Forest. Just all across the board, there's – there's a lot of depth in the wide receiver draft, I think, this year. 
It's kind of fascinating because you're looking at a lot of places where I'm expecting a lot of these names we're going to be hearing somewhere down the line, except at quarterback. And yet somehow, as always, quarterback is the one that everybody's focusing on. I noticed that neither of y'all were particularly high on Drew Locke um, because he just kind of got looked over after uh, Andrew made his pick for Kyler Murray. Is that just because neither of y'all were really looking for a quarterback or is that just because you are not that impressed with his skill set? Andrew, go ahead. You know, he he had a bit better of a 2018 completion percentage-wise. He got it up to 62.9%. I think that's one of the big numbers that I like to look at for quarterbacks is completion percentage because it's one of the toughest things to teach. I just... I'm just not sold on him out of Missouri. Uh, again, I, I think, in my mind, Haskins may be the top quarterback on the board. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray, if you want a more athletic guy, but I'm just not sold on, on Locke or really Jones, for that matter. So, I'm sorry for interrupting you, Artem. What, what were you about to say? I'm with Andrew on this one. I don't think there's a lot of guys, honestly, on the board for you to take especially in the first round. I think there's a lot of better talent that you could build around them if you're building a franchise. Uh, and even if you're not building a franchise, some of the quarterbacks that are on that board, I, I don't think should go before third round. So I just don't think it's a very deep draft. Uh, I think it'll be a little different next year. But like you said, it's, it's very heavy O-line, D-line, wide receiver. Well, I do think you'll see... That's the trick with wide receiver, isn't it, is that you'll probably see a few names that'll pop out in like the fifth or sixth round that'll end up being very talented receivers because that tends to be how those things go. But uh, as far as defensive linemen, I mean, those tend to disappear. You don't really see a lot of big-name guys showing up that get picked after the second or third round. We're just kind of in a lucky scenario that there's a lot of really good linemen in this draft. I mean, not even really linebackers or corners or safeties. In fact, safeties are very shallow this year. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see We'll see how it plays out. I'm. This has definitely made me more excited and has certainly given me a better appreciation for what, what coaches go through because we weren't even really keeping track of time, and I still felt like I was getting pressed trying to get all my picks out. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, any other thoughts before going into tomorrow as far as, far as uh, Artem maybe draft hopefuls for Texas A&M or your team, the Vikings, I guess? I'd like to see Eric McCoy go in the first round. Uh, same with Andrew. Kind of the Garrett Bradbury type. Started three years, played guard and center. So there's a lot of potential there. He played in a West Coast pro-style offense, so there's a lot of and he, he learned that in the last years. And he, so he played center in a spread. He's played center in the West Coast off, offense. And he's played multiple positions. And you never really heard his name get called in a bad way. Um, looking at some of his film, even guys like Dexter Lawrence and Wilkins have a, had a hard time against him uh, in those games. So I think he'll go first round uh, along with those guys somewhere. I don't know where he'll be called. My guess would be the Ravens with a 22nd pick. Rams with the 31st. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see him go first round. Fair enough. And, Andrew, I don't think we're so lucky as to have any 
uh, big-name Georgia Tech players to expect to go in the draft. So I guess do you have any hopes for your team and the Cardinals as far as what they do? Yeah, I mean, the only, the only Tech player I think that might get a chance is Santa Moore. He's apparently lit some stuff up in, in private workouts and all of that. You know, I – I just I don't want the Cardinals to take Kyler Murray, you know. And if, if they take him and it works out great, and I look like a fool, I'm perfectly okay with that because it means the Cardinals are winning. But if you take him and it all blows up, and we're like, oh shit, here we are again. Because I like Cliff Kingsbury, and I think Kingsbury brings a refreshing offensive approach to the NFL, and and will hopefully push and look to make some some changes to kind of open the NFL up a lot more, but. I just I don't know if Kyler Murray is really the answer. And again, as I said, there's there's tons of other holes in Arizona that I think need to be focused on. Well, my question is, if they do decide to pick Kyler Murray, then where the hell are they sending Josh Allen? Is that right? No, sorry. Where are they sending uh, Josh? What's his name? Josh Rosen. I don't I don't know. Maybe to the the Redskins. I mean, you know teams that need quarterback the so the great quarterback farm in the sky i don't know yeah, yeah. you know they're gonna end up trading into like the new england patriots and he's gonna be the fucking next tom brady and i'm gonna go play in traffic <laughs> i mean weirder it's sad but weirder things have happened all right well i think that's gonna wrap us up for the day do y'all got any final thoughts before we cut out georgia tech spring game friday night 7 30 Oh yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be doing a uh, personal cast for that, so keep an eye out. Uh, but anyway, oh, we are. Oh yeah, but it won't be the night of, but we'll do one. I thought we talked about this. Yeah, we can. I mean, I'm cool with it. I was just like, what? Yeah, we talked <laughs> about this. Anyway. Yeah. We're we're. We're now announcing that we're doing it because apparently we didn't know that we were doing it. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we'll be doing a cast for that, uh, so keep an eye out. And as always, thanks to our listeners for listening in. And if you have, have any emails of topics, shoot us an email at tomeatsleather at gmail.com. And check out our Twitter account at TML Podcast uh, Twitter handle. All right, as always, y'all have a good rest of your week. Bye-bye, everybody.